Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we are created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Called to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve. And if you cannot remember everything I just said, we have a way of saying it here at FCBC. We live, we love, and we serve. Amen. So grateful just to be here on today, just to be alive. Old church would say it's so good to be in the land of the living. We are grateful for that on today. I want to turn your attention this morning very briefly uh, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20. One of my favorite scenes in Scripture, I want to revisit it after not visiting it for a long time, 2 Chronicles 20. I want to read verses 13 through 17 and then 22 and 23. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 13 through 17, and then 22 and 23. And I'm reading it from the New Revised Standard Version of the Scripture. Again, 2 Chronicles 20. 13 through 17, 22 and 23. And here's how it reads. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the middle of the assembly. He said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will come up from the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeriel. This battle is not for you to fight. Take your position. Stand still and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Verse 22 and 23 reads like this. As they began to sing and praise, The Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the Ammonites and and Moab attacked the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them utterly. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, God, we just thank you today. We're grateful, oh, God. We're always grateful, but God, we're especially grateful for this moment right now. For with every unfolding second, every unfolding moment, new mercies, new joy, 
new peace. God, thank you for this moment right now, because right now is the greatest gift we possess. This time, oh God. And God, we're grateful that this time we have right now, we've committed it to worship, to celebrating, to honoring you. God, we honor you today. But God, you have been faithful more than we could ever conceive. And God, at times, more than we think we deserve. You've been faithful, God. We're grateful. We're so grateful, oh God. Now, oh God, let your word do its own work on tonight. We will get out of the way. Oh, thank you, God, and let you be God all by yourself. We love you. May the words, oh God, that you declare on this day and the collective meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you are our strength. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. To you be all glory, O God. We say, amen. Amen. Allow me to read that passage again, 2 Chronicles 20, verses 13 through 17, and then 22 and 23. I have to say, before I read this, is that I'm always in teaching mode, that the book of Chronicles was written at a time when Israel was coming out of Babylonian exile. The stories in the book, 1 and 2 Chronicles, in many ways, were designed to keep people seeking God, to remind the people that although they just came out of exile, that there was more to come with God. In some ways, the best was yet to come. So when you read 2 Chronicles, just think that these stories were given to Israel when they came out of captivity to encourage them as it began to start anew the new journey of faith. So let me read that now again. 2 Chronicles 20, 13 through 17, 22 and 23. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the middle of the assembly. He said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed at this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeriel. This battle is not for you to fight. Take your position. Stand still and see the victory of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. 22 and 23, as it began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moab and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the Ammonites and Moab attacked the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them utterly. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. Amen. I felt a little churchy this morning, uh, FCBC. I, I was thinking about 
a song that I heard growing up in the church when I was a little boy, Standing on the Promises of God. I want this morning to title this sermon, Standing on the Promises of God. Standing on the Promises of God. Have you ever been blindsided by news that immediately sparked fear and terror in your life? Have you ever gotten word about something that when you heard it, you began to cringe, became unsettled, diseased, and downright afraid? I've been there in those moments where something I heard, some word that came to me, some message was given to me. Sometimes it came from a doctor, things I did not want to know or hear about my own condition. Another time it was reports of about oncoming trouble or anxiety that was shaping and waiting for me around the corner. Whatever it is, there have been moments when all of us have been blindsided with information that has caused fear, trepidation, and even paranoia to rise up in our spirits. If you've ever felt that, ever experienced that, ever known that on your own, then you know exactly what King Jehoshaphat of Judah had experienced. King Jehoshaphat had done a great work in lining Israel back in alignment with the ways of God. Some of his predecessors, who were the kings of the southern kingdom of Judah, in many ways, strayed away from God, had found themselves honoring and worshiping idols of their enemies. But King Jehoshaphat took another way. He took the lead of his father Asa, and he led Israel back on track in full worship and honor of God. The writers of Chronicles even make a note that although he wasn't perfect, he had made mistakes, things that were not pleasing in God's eyes, he did the one thing that God valued in this connection, and that was he led the people back to worship of God. Things were moving well in his leadership. The people were in good position with God. They were in good standing with one another, and all was well. And then one day, Jehoshaphat was blindsided by news that shook him to the core. He was told by a messenger, King, the Moabites... The Ammonites and the people of Mount Seir are preparing on their way to wage war against Judah. The messenger let Jehoshaphat know that they were about a day away. It was not enough time for Jehoshaphat to prepare an army because by themselves, Judah could not defeat three enemies. They would have needed to muster up allies, but there was no time for that. King Jehoshaphat got the word that Three enemies were coming together to form one alliance to destroy Judah and the city of Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat was shaken, terrified, blindsided, because while everything was going well, then war is on the horizon. When he was honoring God and bringing the people back in alignment with God, the enemy saw an opportunity. And when Jehoshaphat got word that these armies were making their way to fight Judah, I love Jehoshaphat's approach. It's an approach that really gives great lessons for us this morning 
Those of us who find ourselves blindsided by news that we may find ourselves under some kind of attack, no matter what the attack may be. How do you handle when you find out that you're about to come under attack and there's no time to prepare for battle? What do you do when you find out that your enemies are mounting to undermine your future, your possibility, and vanquish your hopes and aspirations. How do you handle when you look at your resources and what you have is not enough to mount the fight? And who you are may not even be enough in that moment. What do you do? No time to prepare, blindsided by a dangerous situation. There's nothing that can be done in any time that can mount a fight. Look at what King Jehoshaphat does. King Jehoshaphat does what many of us have been able to do. He decides it's time to talk to the Lord. I want you to capture that. It seems so simple when you think about it. In trouble, under attack, the threat of being destroyed, Jehoshaphat talks to God. It makes sense. But if you and I are honest with ourselves, There are moments when we find ourselves in this kind of situation, and instead of turning to God, we look more intently at the oncoming crisis. We fix our eyes on the trouble, on the problem that simply deepens the fear, anxiety, and paranoia, and we even magnify what's on the way because we're fixed on what is coming instead of being fixed on who's on our side. I know we've experienced that. I know I have experienced that. Trouble has a way of just dominating your gaze. Problems have a way of being the filter by which you see the rest of the world around you when all you see is the trouble, the problem, the challenge, the difficult situation. Isn't it amazing how no matter who you are in God or no matter how you are in God, there are still those moments when impending doom gives birth to anxiety, and we have a tendency to look into the crisis and the conflict more than that which would give comfort and ease in the midst of our difficult and challenging situations. But here's the king. The king knows what to do. He not only prays, but he calls for the entire nation to gather in a fast. Everyone, children and women, everyone come together and fast and pray. He had the entire people meet at the front of the temple because now in this moment, the king remembered something. He did not try to concoct some strategy to defeat the enemy. He remembered the words that had been shared with him, the words that had been passed down to him by his father and his father's father and all those ancestors who knew what it is to be delivered by God. He went to the temple And he did not only pray, he stood firm on the promise of God. God had let Israel know in years gone by. There in that book, in chapter 20, beginning around verse 9, Jehoshaphat repeats to God the words that had been given to him of what to do when you find yourself in trouble like this. He says to God, you said, God, if disaster comes upon us, the sword judgment or pestilence or famine that we will stand before this house, this temple, and before you for your name is in this house and cry to you in our distress and you will hear and you will save. God, you said that in this moment when our backs are against the wall, 
and trouble abounds and we're surrounded by chaos and enemies, you said, God, come to you. Make our petitions known that you would hear and save us. And God, we're coming to you now. Oh, my God, please hear that. There comes a moment when, when you know what you've heard from God is deep in your soul, what you know to be true about God, there comes a moment in your journey where you must stand on the truth you know in your heart. Stand on the faith in the word. Stand on the promise of God. What has God promised you that you've been afraid to stand on? What has God declared into your spirit that you've been hesitant to stand on because you weren't sure if you could trust God's word in your life? I know it can be difficult to imagine, but if you're honest this morning, we all know that there have been things, not things we created, not things somebody told us, but things that we know we've heard from God right into our very soul. Those soul secrets in your communication between you and God, those sacred conversations you had with God, and you realize that what you heard from God was for you and no one else, and that's why you couldn't share with anyone. Because oftentimes, the things that God declares to you that are targeted for you are not only just meant for you, but oftentimes people wouldn't even understand the nature of your sacred conversations with the Almighty. In those moments, here's the question. Are you bold enough, courageous enough to stand on what God has promised you, has spoken into your spirit that you know you heard from God? Those soul conversations. Jehoshaphat stands on the promise. He leads the people to come before God, prostrate, fasting, but not just requesting, standing on what God has spoken to his people in years gone by. He tells him, God, we're in trouble. The people in these areas, Moab, Ammon and Seir, you remember them, God. When we came out of Egypt and began to reclaim the land for ourselves, these were people, God, that you told us not to harm, to bypass. And God, look how they repay us for our mercy. Now they want to take what you've given to us. God, you said, if we come before you and declare the crisis that you would hear us, save us. And so, God, we're doing what we know to do. We're standing on the promises that you made. I remember being a little boy of 10 years old one time, and I was preparing for surgery that was delicate and dangerous. And I remember the day before I was going into the hospital, being at my grandmother's house, and early that morning, my grandmother always had, you may have heard this, but she always had the same habit. She would get up early in the morning before everyone else was up, and she would go down to the living room, and she would kneel on the ottoman, and she would pray every morning. And this morning, she woke me out of the bed and said, come. And we went downstairs, and I never forget, it was the first time my grandmother actually took some oil, and she put it in her hands, and she put it on my head and held her hand on my head as she prayed. I don't remember everything that she said that day, but I remember some things that stood out. She said, God, you said. That's all I remember. 
God, you said. And, and, and whatever she said after that was what she believed God would do. God, you told me. God, you made it clear. And I know there's somebody watching today who got that kind of testimony in your life where you got to a point in your life where whatever that thing was, you know you heard from God, you had to come before God and say, God, you told me. You'd never leave me nor forsake me. You told me that you'd have my back. You told me that you would keep me. You told me. And God, now I'm coming to stand on that promise. That's what Jehoshaphat did. They prayed and they waited. They waited and they prayed. And then they waited. Because it is hard to hear from God when you're busy talking all the time. They waited. And I thank God for Jehoshaphat's humility. Because after some time, beginning in verse 13, our scripture for today, Jehaziel stands up. He was not the one who led the people in prayer, but he's the one that God spoke to. And I'm grateful that the king was humble enough to not say that if God didn't say it to me, I won't believe it. He knew that how God moves was not dependent on how he desired God to move. And he was open to hear. Why? Because they were standing on the promises. They were standing, kneeling before the temple, and they were waiting for God to speak. And Jehaziel stood up and said to all the people, listen, all of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, king, thus says the Lord, tomorrow, go down. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great multitude. Why? <clears throat> because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Oh, my God. I know we've heard that, sung that, declared that, but look at the context from which it comes. A moment when they were helpless, did not know what to do. But if you look at the prayer of Jehoshaphat, even before Jehaziel declares what God wants them to know, he says this, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you, God. We're waiting for you. And then God moves through Jehaziel, be not dismayed, do not be afraid, for this battle ain't yours. It belongs to the Lord. So what ought we do? He said, stand still. And see the victory that God will give you. Take your position. Stand still and see the victory. That's all they had to do. Take their position. Stand still and see the victory. Oh, how many times have you confused the stand still part with get busy? How many times when you knew you had to let God do it, you tried to put your hand on it because somehow you thought God needed human assistance? How many times did you intervene in the midst of what, was God, what God was trying to do in your life and you thought you had to help it along the way? No, the directive to Jehoshaphat and the people, take your stand, stand still, and do what? Watch what God is about to do in your life. I need somebody to hear that today. Sometimes there are moments where God needs input and activity, but those are the moments where God would direct us to put our hands to the plow. There will be moments where God invites us to co-create and making meaning and breakthrough, but there are other times when God says, back up, 
Put your hands off of it. Let me get in it and do what needs to be done to bring you the breakthrough. I wish there was somebody this morning who could testify that there have been moments in your journey where you had to learn that the best thing you could do was sit and get a front row seat at God's breakthrough activity in your life where you could just sit there and say, God, thank you. Thank you for bringing me close enough to my enemies so I can see how you deal with them on my behalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's what happened. Stand still and see the victory that you will have. Why? Because this battle doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God. Wait a minute. Why, God? You, why? Well, I, I had to learn in my own life that when enemies seek to interrupt a promise by God, God will deal with the interrupters who try to upend your promise. Oh, I hope you can hear that today. That's, that's, what, that's what God is saying. What I said I would do, I'm going to do. And nobody will stop the promise that God has made. I hope you can hear this today. There's somebody right now, you've been groaning and concerned and worried and filled with anxiety because what you heard and what you believed has not come to pass. And worse, what you heard and what you believe is being threatened by people who did not hear or believe what you heard and believe. And God is saying, no, don't get mad at them. Don't even, don't even build up any toxic emotions towards people who can't stop what God has for you. Don't waste your energy fighting with people who already lost a fixed fight. Don't waste your time that way. Stand still and see what God will do. And then, and I'm done, then something happens. Maybe it was another word that Jehoshaphat heard Maybe, maybe, maybe God's whispered in his ear, but he did something. Here were the directives. Go to the place where your enemy will be fighting and waiting. Go. Watch this. So when you hear the directive stand still, what God is saying, don't fight. Let me do the fighting. Here's what you do. Go to the valley where the enemies will be. Just go there. And that last verse in verse 17. Tomorrow go out against them. And the Lord will be with you. He didn't say fight. He said, go out against them, but the Lord will be with you. He didn't say, say a word to them. Go out against them. Go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. But then somehow Jehoshaphat got an inclination. Here's where I really want to end today. Jehoshaphat said, wait a minute. If God said that we're not going to fight because the battle is not ours but the Lord, but he wants us to go to the place of battle but don't fight, what ought we do then? I'm glad you asked. Jehoshaphat said this, if we were going to fight, the warriors would be leading the way. He said, but since we ain't going to fight, we're going to watch a victory. He said, let's reverse the order. He said, let the worshipers precede the warriors. Oh, you'll get this in a second. He said, let the worshipers, the Korathites and the Kothites, the praise team, 
lead us to the place of battle. You'll get this. Let the praisers lead the warfare. Oh, gosh, because if you're not going to fight and you're going to victory, that means you're going to celebrate what God has done. I wish somebody could hear this today. There may come a moment in your life where you find yourself surrounded by enemies who want to destroy you, and you know that this fight is not yours, but it belongs to God. You do have a role to play. Give God glory before the breakthrough even comes. Give God the praise before it even takes place. Why? Because here's what Jehoshaphat knew, that there have been more than enough reasons, oh, God, in their past. When they've seen the hand of God and they've seen the power of God move. And if you got a history with God, that means your praise is predicated on your past history that prepares you for your present encounter. I wish somebody could hear me today. That my praise is based on my past and getting me ready for my present so I can celebrate my breakthrough. And if you're in your house right now, your kitchen, your living room, no matter where you are. I dare you to confuse people in your house right now. And right where you are, just start thinking about all that the Lord has done in your life. That everything God has brought you through. And just start breaking out in a praise right where you are. Oh, y'all playing with me this morning. I can't see you, but I got to hear you this morning. If you know that God has made a way, I dare you to give God praise. For all the things God has done in your life. And if somebody wants to know, why do you praise the way you do? You tell them. Like I heard my grandmother say, I'm standing on the promises of God. Can I tell you one more thing before I leave this morning? Here's, here's what happened. It said that when they began to praise, somehow, the fabric of their praise caused confusion in their enemies. Oh, my God, you missed that. You see, what I've learned a long time ago is that there'll be moments when your enemy may expect you to give up, give out, be angry. But if you want to confuse your enemy, when they're their fiercest, let your praise be its loudest. When they're doing their worst, make sure you give God the glory even more said when they started praising, watch what happened. Their praise confused their enemies. Can you imagine that they were ambushed by praise? Oh, God, that they were overtaken by praise, that, that they started fighting one another. Can you imagine the scene in the Valley of Ziz to see people who came to fight Judah now fight one another, confused by the language of their praise based on their past experience, preparing them for the present moment to see a breakthrough in front of their eyes. That's what you do. You praise. And so when they praised their way to the scene, when they got there, the three armies had already destroyed one another because your praise has a way of moving faster than your feet. Oh, you missed that. That their praise was already doing the work before they got there. And when they got there, it says all they could do now. Now, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me be clear. It's not random praise, because when you read the story, they said some particular things. And here was their refrain. Here's what it said. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. That's what they kept saying. Give thanks to the Lord 
For God's steadfast love endures forever. Can I put it to you like Eugene Peterson put it? He said, give God praise because his love never quits. I hope you can hear that. Give God praise because the love of God never quits. Can you imagine marching all the way to the battle? Give God praise because his love never quits. Every time they were thinking about their enemies, give God praise because his love never quits. And when they got there and saw the defeated enemies, God said, now go take their stuff. All the bounty they left there, take it. Watch this. And what should have been the valley of death for them, because here's the difference. They changed the name of that place that day to the valley of Baraka, the valley of blessing. The difference between it being a valley of death and a valley of blessing is can you stand on the promise? Can you trust God? Can you praise your way through? Can you praise before the fight? Can you praise during the fight? And can you praise after the fight? Can you give God praise? Beloved, give thanks unto God because his love, it never quits. It never quits. You and I, every day, can stand on the promises of God. It's not whether God makes promises. Here's here's the question. What has God spoken to you? Like my grandmother, God, you said. God, you told me. Whatever you know to be true that you heard, not... Not what you think, but what you know. Because sometimes, we got to be honest, we are busy talking to ourselves. But I mean those things you know God spoke to my soul. Can you stand on it today? Can you trust God enough to not engage in unnecessary fights? The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. And sometimes, the best weapon you have is the praise that emanates from past breakthrough, past victory, that shows up in the present moment and prepares you for your next breakthrough. Let your praise be predicated on engagement with God. Let it keep you and guide you. Come on, lean in, beloved. God, thank you. God, we thank you that you're still speaking. You're still speaking, God. I know, oh God, there are people who try to bind you to a particular time and place. But God, you still speak. You're still talking. Which means, oh God, you're still making promises. And God, today we're standing. God, I know that for some of us, we've been afraid to take your word to be true. We've been afraid because if we're honest, the promise was bigger than our imagination. The promise was bigger than we could handle. And we didn't get afraid of enemies. We got afraid of the promise. Because it was more than we can conceive for ourselves. But God, we come now with open hearts declaring that we are grateful that your imagination always trumps ours. It's bigger than we could ever conceive. 
that you will every time do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever think, ask, conceive, or imagine. So God, help us not to be afraid of the words you speak into us, but to stand on those words, to trust those words, because your words are true. Your words are true, God. Your words are true, God. Your words are true, God. We believe and we trust. And because we believe and trust, we can declare and proclaim and even prophesy if we have to about who you will be in our lives, how you will show up, and what you will do. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, God. We honor you, God. We honor you, God. This is our prayer. In your name, we pray. And we say, amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.